Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts, Corey Mann from the Undisputed Championship and Drew Willingham. Welcome back, everyone. We are live with another episode of the In or Out Sports Debate here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. I am your host, Drew Willingham. Along with this week's special guest returning from episode 13 is Corey Mann. Corey, welcome back to the show. What's going on, sir? Thanks for having me back, man. Hey, not a problem. Not a problem. We've got a good list of topics to go through today. And some changes have actually happened since the last time you were on 11 episodes ago. I I, I checked before the episode. You were here 49 days ago. And we've (laughs) done 11 episodes since you were here. It's wild. And I took 20 days off. So with we were just talking about that before we got started. Like it's a it's a pretty good way to get started with uh with this summer and, and pumping out some episodes. I got some good people coming on talking sports with me, and it's been a it's been a great year. And thank you for coming back. And with that being said, I didn't get a chance to really induct you into the vault of fame last time. So with that, let's go ahead and pull up this little clip of the vault of fame and check this out and see what this looks like. So with with this little clip right here. You can see Corey was definitely officially vaulted in. And if we were to say that with this little video we got here, I would say this. Acknowledge me. That's what I was saying. It's time to acknowledge him. Corey is officially locked in the vault here with episode 13 when he was here before. Rob Johnson was here, episodes 1 through 11. Tyrone Montgomery, episode 12. Corey again with episode 13. The Golden Boy, Greg Anthony, here with episode 14. Tyrone Montgomery back with episode 15. The Snowman, Brian Snow, was here for episode 16. Mr. Rollback, Darrell Owens, and LMS Sin program director, was here for episode 17. Brian H. Waters was here for episode 18. And James Brown, who filled in for episode 19. Wale Atkinson was here for episode 20. Xander Anthony, son of the Golden Boy, was here for episode 21. Wally, one half of the Undisputed Champions, was here for episode 22. Paul Schofield was here for episode 23. And here we are for episode 24. We've got Corey Mann in the house here on Double Debate Monday with episode 24 that we're in now, and Joe Diller Jr. is here tonight for episode 25 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We also have Becca Cottingham Quimby coming tomorrow for an episode 26 at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. She uh, hosts Monster Minutes for the Legacy Maker Sports Network, so we'll have an all-NASCAR edition tomorrow evening. I know that was some tongue twisters. Sorry, guys, there was a lot to go through. But welcome back to the show, my man. Let me let you have the floor. Um. How are things been for you since the last time you were on for episode 13? How's the, how's the summer oh, been treating you? I mean, you know, everything is everything, you know, adulting, uh, <laughs> being a dad, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, work, you know, beating the crap out of you. But it is what it is. It's life. Get up. Keep going. The Heat, the Virginia Heat, man. Uh, tell you what, man, it's wild. Virginia bipolar with this weather, man. So. Mm-hmm. At night, it's one thing, and by day, it's like 100 degrees. It's nuts out here in these streets. But you know what? We're going to try to cool things off and go into and round one with a pretty good topic we got for this episode. Round one. Taking it to basketball with the Miami Heat, Nikola Jovic will become the next big star that the Miami Heat can build around. Corey, how do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out on this? I am in. Um, Nikola Jovic is a international young star that if in the right system, under the right coaching, with the right culture, um, can turn into a superstar in this league. Um, same way they had all the buzz for Luka when he came out and, you know, the, the Hawks, I bet you they regret doing that trade with Trey Young and now, even though they won't say it. Um, Nikola Jovic comes in, already have played pro ball at a young age in his teens, um, so he knows what to expect. Um, the NBA level, of course, is a little different, but it's he is more ready-made mentally and uh, physically on the floor. Now, he will need to still put on some weight. Um, he's still a little too skinny uh, to kind of play in this game. So they're going to move him around a little bit. They're going to try to put him in some screen and roll actions and things like that to try to throw him off. But uh, the guy can shoot. Um, he's like an international Kevin Durant. He can shoot. Um, he can get to the basket. He's tall as crap, long wingspan. I mean, if developed correctly, Nikola Jovic can be a centerpiece to a hopefully championship team soon. You're absolutely right. At 19 years old, he's played pro ball, like you said. I mean, that's it's a lot to save. It's it's kind of like how Lamelo Ball came in, and and a, a little bit of a bigger stature too, as well in size and and where you can move him around in the lineup. Difference is, is he was selected 27th overall by the Heat, and I feel like he's going to use that to his advantage. It's not quite as bad as that chip that Tom Brady has in the NFL, but there's 26 other selections that were picked before him in this year's draft. He's probably not really that happy about it when he had all that hype around him. He's like, there's 26 other selections that could have picked me. Why am I going towards the end of the first? You know, why am I going so late in the draft, in his opinion? He should have been, in, in my opinion, with the way the, all the hype was, he should have been there in the top three. I agree. So, but you got lucky. Your team got lucky. You scooped him up at 27. So for you, it works out, my man. So you're, it's good for you, but it's, it's not good for the rest of the NBA because I feel like it's going to be building a good team around you, and that's why I got to go in as well. Like I said, he was he was 19 years old. He played pro ball, like you said before. He had 25 appearances in the 2021-22 season, averaged nearly 12 points and 43% from the field, about 36% on threes and 76% nearly at the free throw line. I mean, this kid at 19 years old, to get him at the 27th overall pick, you got to steal. And, and I feel like he's going to make the other teams in the league regret what happened. As long as he gets another big piece around him in, in short time and builds some type of big three in Miami, you could have something pretty special in Miami here in the next three to five years. Oh, most definitely. I think even as constructed now, you have one of the top three coaches in the league with Eric Spolstra. Easy. I think he's the top coach. But, I mean, I, I give some respect to Steve Kern, Pop, and some others um, in the league. But, I mean, you already have the system. 
you have the culture with Pat Riley. You know he's going to make sure he's in straight – he, excuse me, he's in shape and he plays defense. If he does those two things, then you can absolutely count on this guy being a star in the league very quickly. And um, that's where Miami kind of got hurt in, you know, this past playoffs. Uh, Tyler Hero was hurt. That's 20 points per game that we were missing. Um, and another bona fide, like, hey, I can go get my own bucket type of player. So Nikola Jovic definitely can um, be that difference maker for Miami without having to make any moves. Yeah, he, he might need to get seasoned in certain other moves, in certain other areas of the game first. I, I don't I don't think you're going to go far in the next year or two. I mean, it's going to take some time to build around. But I wouldn't be surprised year three, year four, you guys start making a push here in the playoffs, you know, in here in the next, like, you know, two, second, third round, potentially moving on to the, to the championship round. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's too soon to be calling it. You know, our, our colleague from another network, uh, Snow from Snowman in the Morning, Brian Snow, thinks that Dub City is going to be winning the next three um, NBA championships. So I think it's pretty insane to be calling it that quick. Sorry, Snowman. I can't be giving it to you on that. The next That's three amazing. NBA championships. So two more in a row. He thinks they're going to win three in a row. I can't give it to the Warriors on that one. It's too soon for that. Just like it's too soon for me to call it for the Miami Heat. But I will say that he is someone that you can build this team around, though. And I will give you Definitely. that. Definitely. So, so with that, we do have to take this into round two. Round two. With round two, we're going to take this into some wrestling. Liv Morgan winning the SmackDown Women's Championship is a Cinderella feel-good story that will end at SummerSlam. Corey, how do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out? You know, um, Drew, I am out. And the only reason why I am out is because of one name, okay. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is not involved with this. With Sasha Banks being out, she is clearly the top women's wrestler in WWE right now. And maybe she comes back at SummerSlam. Maybe she comes back after SummerSlam. You know, she just got married to Andrade. And, you know, she's probably just taking a little break. That's cool. But if you look at history, <laughs> okay, Charlotte has a uh, track record of ending championship reigns in a short amount of time, i.e. last year, Nikki A.S.H. Same setup as Liv Morgan. She wins the money in the bank contract. She cashes in. She becomes champion. SummerSlam, she loses to who? Charlotte Flair. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking at past matches, um, uh, same thing with Charlotte when she had uh, Becky Lynch and Carmella in that triple threat match. Charlotte Flair. There is a consistent thing with Charlotte being around. I think Ronda has uh, passed herself as kind of a dull character in WWE who clearly needs more development. Um, her uh, uh, promo skills are not great at all. They come off very stale as if, you know, you and I are just having a conversation. I think if you and I were on there doing promos, we would probably say something pretty outlandish or, you know, <laughs> have more energy in what we say. So I do not believe this will be the Cinderella end for Liv Morgan. I think this is actually the stepping stone for Liv Morgan to get Ronda out of the way because people are expecting Ronda to beat her. No, Liv takes that match. You know what? You just actually changed my mind. I'm actually going to go with you on this. I'm out on this as well. And with that, we opened up our first segment of this. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no.
Oh man, it ended. Oh man, it ended. But this is probably how everybody feels right now. Lord, let's hope not. Thank you for, for those of you who are here live with us right now going through round two. But with Liv Morgan, though, it it is a pretty good story. I don't think it's going to end. It's too soon. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. did end pretty soon last year, if you do remember. Like, I don't think she had the title but for like that until that first pay-per-view, and then they smashed her, like you said, with, with Charlotte Flair. So we don't have that aspect, but we don't know when Charlotte Flair is coming back, too. But the way that they wrote her off at least writes her off for a good amount of time because she does have a wedding coming up to Andrade, like you know we spoke about before. So with all that being said, I don't see Charlotte Flair coming in, into it. I do see Bailey coming into play. So Bailey could cause this match to end real soon, which we could potentially talk about later in this episode. That's just a, something to throw out there early on. Guys, go ahead and comment. We'll acknowledge these comments in the midway point. If you feel like we're onto something with this round, we'll acknowledge your comment here at the midway point. But we do have some breaking news to go over with you, Corey. Holy shnikes, we got some breaking news. <laughs> That breaking news is this. Next Monday, episode 27, 725, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, we have Lamont Thomas of the Commonwealth Sports Talk and Legacy Maker Sports Network joining me for episode 27 next Monday here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And, Corey, we have gone through a good amount of topics so far. We have round three to come up. And, you know, speaking of legends, we've got a legend's daughter to talk about with this next one. Let's see what we can come up with this one. Round three. WWE utilizing Ava Rain as a heel will not help propel her to stardom as fast as her legendary father. Corey, how do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this? I am in on this statement. People tend in society to have pre to put pressure on those who have Hall of Fame, famous, you know, parents, et cetera. Um, we see many examples of that throughout history, not just in wrestling, but just in life in general. They put the type of pressure on people to where they actually fold and will never be seen again. Um, when you look at the history of The Rock, you know, he did not start off as a heel. He came in as just this guy with just some energy, some flair. You know, uh, Rocky Mavia, you know, he he wasn't really uh, established. He didn't know what his character was. He was still trying to feel his way through. Um, soon enough, he ended up with uh, uh, Ron Simmons and in the Nation of Domination with Mark Henry. And, you know, he kind of started to find his footing with his promos and how he was speaking. And once he understood how to get across to any casual, to the casual fan, not just the hardcore wrestling fan, but the casual fan, that's when he knew he had something. And took it and ran with it. And luckily, WWE gave him the opportunity to be himself in that situation and say, okay, man, take this character and just go crazy with it. And he came in in the right era as well. Um, does his character get across, you know, if it's created today in the PG era? era? Absolutely not. Um, he would have to be muted too much. And his, uh, his, his words, his actions would not come across as great as it did when we were coming up. Um, so his daughter speaking about her specifically, I think that they have invested a lot in her over the past, I think, year or so she's been at the Performance Center, year, year and a half. Um, 
But I, I think that the only way that they're going to be able to get her to find her footing is if they let her go out there like they did during that live event and just do a promo. Just do something to get her out there so she can get her feet wet, so she can understand, okay, this is what they want. This is not what they want. This is what they like. This is what they don't like. We can sit here, Drew, and, and talk about, you know, concepts all day long. But if we don't have a concrete plan and try to perform hypotheses over and over again on that concrete plan, it's, it's never something that's going to be, you know, good or great or if we know if we failed or not. So I don't think making her a heel is doing her a favor right now. I, I really don't. Uh, she needs to find her footing as a character. This Ava Rain thing just came up and she needs to figure out what that character is going to be based off of. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when you really put this into perspective with her utilizing as a, as a heel, I, I've got to say it won't help either. I mean, you know, the, the rock got big at first because he was a heel with, you know, with Nation of Domination, stuff like that, you know, moving around with the corporation, stuff like that, the corporate champion, and then became the people's champion and switching back. It, that was what really made him building himself as a character as a heel first. NXT, the way that you know they're they're propelled up so fast within a short time, they either decide if they're going to move you to the next um, spot in the roster up to Raw or SmackDown, or if they're going to keep you as NXT, or or basically within a year they already decide what they're going to do to you. It seems like because they don't give you much time to grow. Whether you're going to stick with you know like NXT, kind of like how Johnny Gargano did for all those years and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, there are other stars who moved up fast, you know, like Carmella or whatnot, like when she was in there or whatnot, kind of moved up kind of quick or whatnot. She's not going to be like moving up that quick. And it's definitely not going to be on The Rock's name. She's going to have to prove herself. And potentially with this time that she spent in the Performance Center, maybe she does have the genetics that, that we may see here soon that will propel her to that point. But it's definitely not going to be because that she's a heel. It's going to be like that. It's going to be whatever work she's able to pull off on camera and, and what she can do to get the fans' attention, in my opinion. I, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly with you on that. I, I believe it's not really going to make too much of a difference. I mean, I think that she can she can kind of get off of her dad because, I mean, Charlotte is kind of doing it until Charlotte, you know, found her own way with the way that she wrestles. She's clearly the better athlete between her and her dad. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. She's clearly the better athlete. So – you know, she is able to put on classic matches as much as people can't stand her and I can't stand her sometimes because it's like, damn, dude, you're shoving her down my face. Like, don't John Cena her to me. Like, let me watch her matches. She's amazing. You know, and Ava, like, she can she can take bits and pieces from her dad's character and turn it into her own if she know if she has the correct guidance. So I, I mean, I I being a heel is 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 not necessary. I mean, even being a face, maybe that's not even you know, the greatest thing for her. Maybe she should be a face with heel tactics or vice versa. Like, you know, she's got to find her footing. If she never finds her footing, you know, she's going to be forever known as The Rock's daughter. Yeah, because The Rock's not known as Rocky Johnson's son. He found his own fitting within how he did it. And, of course, he had The Rock's name. He started as Rocky Maivia, but he found his own footing. And he was using some of his dad's suggestions, some of his monikers that he did in the 80s, like calling people jabronis and stuff like that. But he had his own little twist on it, his own Attitude Era twist on it, and it just it fit well within what the Attitude Era was doing. However, one thing to keep in mind, Raw is now going to be TV 14 here soon. Fox won't. Fox will still be in the PG era, but at least Raw won't. It's going to be kind of like how the Attitude Era was, where UPN was TV fourteen, and I think when they were on UPN, UPN was more PG. So yeah. if I remember that right, because UPN had SmackDown for quite some time back in the day. Mm -hmm. I remember so. that. 
But we do have quite a bit of comments. You guys have been rolling in with comments. Let's get what the fans have to say in here. And the first one, we start off with a guy that I don't know if you know him, but Wally didn't know him last week when he was commenting on our episode. But the chosen one says, man is back. So he apparently knows who you and Wally are because he's only commented, I think, on the episodes where you two have been on here. So the chosen one on YouTube, thank you very much for being uh, being around and commenting on this video. Looks like your wife is here. Thank you for commenting and being a part of this uh, live stream feed and watching this show right now. So we definitely appreciate everybody, all the fans we can get in here. Preston Gathers, I remember him from Wally's episode. Thanks again for commenting and be a part of this, my man. And, and let's see what you got to say throughout this episode. Is he steel? Hmm. Nikola Jovic. Yeah, I guess I guess you would say a steal. You know, at twenty-seven, in my opinion, I feel like he's a, he's a steal. He's but absolutely get... a steal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a steal. He... That's my younger brother, by the way. Shout out to Josh. Oh, how, shout out, Josh! Thanks for commenting and being a part of the show right now. Preston says this again. Worked out perfectly for Heat Nation. Will be in the Eastern Conference mix for a few more years. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly and if he is like you said if he's developed correctly give him a year or two he's gonna be a problem mm-hmm. i definitely agree with that get get another piece or two around him you're gonna build a super team the next super it could be a super team 2.0 in here in miami lebron might be trying to come back just like he did a second stint in cleveland he might try to do a second stint in miami you never know he can stay where he at we do you don't you don't need him. <laughs> you don't need him wally's here wally comments welcome back wally thanks again for coming here uh here last week and looking forward to getting you in here soon. Charlotte puts an end to everything with Liv. He thinks that Charlotte's coming back. Um once she that? does come once she does come back, the, the fairy tale ends. You you can you can bet your bottom dollar that it might not be the first match, but it, it's gonna end once Charlotte comes back. Let me reintroduce Wally to this. Oh, hell no. She ain't coming back. This Bailey is going to come back. If ba- anybody ends it, it's going to be Bailey that ends it. That's my. That's how I feel it's going to be. But we'll get We'll get into that here, here in a little bit with this episode. Wally comments again, this guy is good. He should start a wrestling podcast. <laughs> Talking about you. <laughs> you actually oh, commented. Wow, you must have been commenting while I was talking. You said definitely. <laughs> <laughs> This up and then Wally does this again, saying he's predicting Liv to lose to either Charlotte or Bailey by Survivor Series or the Rumble to set up whatever Mania storyline is is most favorable. What do you think about that? I definitely agree with that. She's not going to be something like massive. And don't get me wrong, Liv has probably the biggest fan following out of the female wrestlers at this moment, besides Bianca. Excuse me, besides Bianca, because Bianca got a crowd, a damn army behind her, but. Liv actually has been popular for years, even when she was with the Riot Squad. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that it, she's going to lose before, like, the major events come up um, next year. I think it's going to be Bailey, though. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think she's going to interfere with the match, and it's going to end with a disqualification or something. And and, and Liv will retain the title. But uh, we'll we'll have a build up towards Bailey and potentially Charlotte, but I think it's gonna be more so Bailey. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. The chosen one comments again, saying that he disagrees. Liv will lose at SummerSlam and the story will end. 
No, I, I can't see it. Like now, WWE is known to do some crazy swerves. I, I'll give them that. They've done some crazy stuff over the years, but I, I don't see it. Not Ronda. Nah, she's too stale. And you, if you want to piss off your fans even further, give Ronda the daggone title back. Like, don't don't do it. No. And considering the fact that she didn't even fix your typo, I'm going with this. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no. You're supposed to be chosen. You're supposed to be the chosen one, but you can't even choose your wording correctly. Come on, man. You're going to try to light us on fire? I'm going to light you on fire, chosen one. Fix your T9. Get it to get it correct. It is live. We'll lose at SummerSlam. That's why I'm going with that one. <laughs> Wally comments again saying she's going to get unfair pressure and criticism instead of getting a fair shake. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Um, th th like I said, this isn't the, the first time we've seen this type of storyline before, and it's always ended pretty badly to where that person goes back into the gulags and never sees a championship opportunity again. So, I mean, I I definitely can agree with him on that. Josh says this, Charlotte Flair versus The Rock's daughter in the making. Potentially, but not not right now. now it's going to be some time, maybe a year or two from now. Well, we, we got to make potentially longer, but if Charlotte Flair lasts that long and if The Rock's daughter makes it that far, she's already had some injuries. That's another thing too that anybody's, she's had injuries and stuff too. So she's had those before she she's even got to the main roster. I forget exactly what they were, but I think one of them was an ACL injury. Yeah, it was an ACL injury. And I'll, I'll say this, it I'll say this here. No point intended. Do not take this left. But if Ava Rain doesn't figure out a way to make her character make it rain, she ain't gonna be in that too much longer. <laughs> I'm talking about money. So <laughs> that might be something that never happens. No, I agree. Wally says this, if the PG era ends, they'll have more room for her to find her niche. Yeah, it'll definitely be more uh, edgier outlook to um, her character. It'll give you more avenues um, with every character. I think a lot of characters have been butchered because of poor booking and creative and the fact that they are limited in what they can say or can do. If you go back to this PG, for, I mean, excuse me, TV 14 type of thing, you can go back to the crazy not saying like AEW type matches, but like the ones that are like, you know, Hell in a Cell could actually mean Hell in a Cell again. You know, mm -hmm. TLC can actually mean TLC again. You know, it, it'll kind of give you some great vibes again. You actually see some blood again. Like, yeah, you know, it's just some real stuff. Like, and they're not trying to hide it or use that fake stuff. Right. But we do have one more comment to get through before we move on. The Chosen One says, play that Nobody Cares clip again. All right, well, since you asked for it, we're not WWE. We give the fans what we what they want. Here you go. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, the chosen one, whoever the hell you are. If you want to say in the comments who you are, we'd greatly appreciate it because we – you know, you have this name, this moniker, the chosen one. You've commented on Wally and now man's video. Unless you're some type of crazy stalker, we need to know who you are. So <laughs> please, please comment and say other than that, we're going to take this into round four. Round four. And with round four, by the numbers for this episode, because we are in episode 24. 
Do you feel that Willie Mays is the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 24 in sports? How do you feel about this, Corey? Are you in or are you out on Willie Mays being the greatest to ever wear 24? Out. Now, I've been watching sports all my life, okay? Um, my fairly relatively young man, as my homies call me, young man. <laughs> but um, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff growing up. Um, you got Ken Griffey Jr., Moses Malone, Ricky Henderson, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, Rick Barry. Um, you know, most of those folks I just named off I watched growing up. Um, but there is one that I watched my entire, um, his entire career and pretty much my entire life since I was a young kid that wore the number 24 that has five rings and um, impacted the game in a way that will never be the same again. And that is Kobe Bean Bryant, rest in peace, Mamba and Gigi. Um, in my opinion, from what I have seen from start to finish, Kobe is the best to ever wear number 24. The man, we all know what Mamba mentality is. Um, we all know about his grit, his his toughness. After him and Shaq split up, people thought that he was dead in the water, that he was the dead weight, um, a part of that duo. Come to find out, he was not. Um, you know, he was a different type of level of competitive that you hadn't seen since Jordan. And to be honest with you, I would say probably a little more fierce than Jordan, which a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with me on that. But Kobe was a savage. Kobe didn't care. Um, you talk about practice, like how he would talk to his teammates, call them soft, and I can't say some things that's on because <laughs> we're live right now. I don't want to get your show blocked. Um, but <laughs> he said some crazy things, man, but he, he created moments that we will never forget. Who else in the history of sports has went in and said, okay, this is my last game of my entire career. I'm going to drop 60. Like, nobody. Nobody. You know? What he was doing for the WNBA, which I think would be further along if he was still alive right now. Um, what he was doing with his daughter, Gigi. What he was doing with all the girls, being a girl dad, um, etc. Kobe's legacy will forever be remembered. And I hope that we don't forget his daughter while we're remembering him because that day was tragic. Um Still, as a dad, you know, wrecks me to my heart to this day. Um, but as far as what I've seen in my lifetime, Kobe Bryant is the best ever wear 24. Uh, you know, Corey, how old are you? Let me just ask you straight up, how old are you? You say young man. How old are you? 31? I've only got four years on you. I'm 35, my man. And I... I cannot believe that you went with Kobe. It's is a no-brainer. I'm in. For what Willie Mays had to go through, okay, yeah. in his career, he did not play in the same type of era in, in civil rights and everything that Kobe had to go through. What Kobe was able to enjoy as a little bit more of a peaceful world was set by the earlier ones that involved Willie Mays going through the struggle that we don't need to get on here because we've, we've seen it plenty on so many different outlets and we already can sympathize with it. We only have to go, but, but we already know how we're going to go, go down that, that path. But the point is, is that Willie Mays is a tougher individual and had a very, very long career. Kobe had a long career. Kobe played 20 years. Same organization, okay, and, and had a 60-point game on his way out, 
okay, in his last game. I give you that. But I'm in on the fact that Willie Mays is the best because he had a long career. He helped mold Barry Bonds, okay? he was He's his godfather. He helped mold the next generation to where he, even though, you know, even though Barry did what he did, okay? And I'm not, I'm not you know, he, he cheated a little bit, all right? We're, we're just going to call it for what it is. Oh, Barry <laughs> cheated a little bit. However, he was a very good natural talent before all that and even had numbers to lock him in the Hall of Fame before he cheated. And it was all because of the mentorship of not just his his father, Bobby Bonds, who was another great uh, player who was also a coach who had a pretty good career, but not like his godfather, Willie Mays. So because of what he did for the next generation, giving back and coaching, and, and if, if Kobe would have had more time and what happened to him was tragic, and I was a Kobe fan too, but if Kobe would have been around another 10, 15, 20 years, been able to give back to the game more and what he was preparing to do and what he was starting to do as he was transitioning out of the game, I would give it to you 10, 15, 20 years from now. But as of right now, in this moment, in 2022, with the impact that Willie Mays has had in the entirety of his life to the game of baseball, and we and baseball doesn't get enough love as to where basketball and football gets more love in sports on the national media, I got to give love to baseball in this sense. I got to give love to Willie Mays in this sense, and I got to go in on this. I mean, are we talking sports like on the field? On and, the and 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 this this talking? this topic says in all of sports, in all of sports, I got all that. of sports is why I go with Willie Mays. That's why I'm I, in. I got that. And socially, I, I can't argue with that. You know, socially, and we know what what took place when he was playing. I, it was insane. You know, and I don't disregard that at all. Um, I just think that for me, my philosophy is it's hard for me to really even though I sympathize with it, I've never been through that extreme. I've had my moments where I've been through something similar to it, but I've never been um, actually, you know, in his shoes. And it's hard for me to be like, okay, I can give this guy my vote of approval when I saw Kobe go from being a kid in high school all the way to being his 40-year-old dad and what he was able to do and triumph over his career with his own scandals and you know, everything else that he had going on, it was just like, you know, he had his own, you know, stuff that he triumphed through that the normal person can look at and say, oh, okay, I can get through this too. If Kobe did that, and even though he's on, you know, this upper echelon because he's in a, a, a world where more people can see him, the thing that he has done, I can look at it as an average person not having the same statue or notoriety that he did and say, okay, if I made mistakes or if I did this or I did that, I could have this different mindset and approach things in a different light. I think it's just for me from what I've experienced and what I physically saw. If I saw Willie Mays actually physically saw it as it was happening, I think I'll be more kind of towards that. Um, but I had to go with Kobe. Had to. Yeah. And, and like I said, we're, we're close in age. We're not, I'm not that far off. But I'm a history buff that watches like biographies and like sports century and stuff like that and seeing the history of that. And I lived through, you know, Kobe's experience. Now, if Kobe would have gotten to the tier of Jordan during his career and beat Jordan as far as the best basketball player to ever live, I would give it to you for this number with number 24. But he didn't he didn't take he didn't knock Jordan off. LeBron hasn't knocked Jordan off. And that's why I can't give it to Kobe yet. I, like if we were to do a top five, like a top five list of, or hell, a top three to ever wear 24, I'd probably have Kobe at two. And it was close. But we didn't do a list. And I had to go off a gut of who I feel is the best to ever wear 24. And, and I got to give it to Willie Mays because Willie Mays wore 24 for his entire career. Kobe didn't.
There's the yeah, tiebreaker. That's that's Kobe true. wore eight but for a while until he wanted to prove he can get another few more. And he did. He got two more. Good job for Kobe. But he didn't get three. <laughs> he didn't beat Jordan's record. He is better than LeBron still. Like, LeBron still hasn't beat Kobe, in my opinion. So, Kobe's still better than LeBron in, in, currently, in my opinion. Because he's got one more. He's got one more championship. He's still got more accolades. And until LeBron has an 80-point game, there, there you go. That's kind of a rough topic for me. That's probably another topic for us for another day. Cause, yeah, we, we're gonna have hey. to bring that up another day. But, but I, but you gotta admit, I got some valid points there. You got, you gotta give. Yeah, it to oh, you do. I, I won't, I won't argue with you on that. But you know, <laughs> I, I got some discrepancies with that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> with that, let's take this into some awesome discrepancies for the bonus route. Check this slide out. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> that was so great we gotta do it one more time surprise motherfucker with that we take this into the bonus round keeping it back with wrestling bailey returns to wwe at SummerSlam. how do you feel about that Corey? are you in or are you out on this i'm in okay And I mean, you just don't know the little small decimal points that I was close to saying out with, um, <laughs> because I feel like at this point, um, with Sasha and the Sasha and Naomi thing, really, really like handicaps the WWE, because um, whether we want to, you know, acknowledge it or not, WWE got rid of some talent that they could have like blew up with, um, i.e., Athena and you know uh, AEW and. You know, a few others that they let go that they shouldn't have, or maybe they're not giving them the opportunity. Like, I think Zelina is out right now with the injury or something like that. But I mean, Zelina is charismatic enough to where you can get her in a championship scene. But they got to get some more star power into that women's division. It looks as if the women's tag team titles aren't coming back. So, which is cool with me because they got rid of all the tag teams that naturally were made anyway. So I, I feel like Bailey. Bailey and Liv already have um, uh, chemistry because they are really good friends outside of WWE. Um, the storylines can make sense. It could kind of be like, you know, uh, um, <clears throat> not maybe the level of a Sasha and Bailey, but it could be to the level of where like Bailey comes back and is like, okay, um, I'm coming back for what's mine. I was a champion for over a year. I'm one of the longest reigning women's champions in the past 30, 40, 50 years. You know, I'm coming back for my title and I don't care if you're my friend or not. Or maybe she comes back and tries to befriend her and then betrays her. Um, but SummerSlam, I, I feel like it's a reach, um, but they got to have something to hang their hat on with SummerSlam, especially if they yeah, don't yeah. do that. So they need some star power. No, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with what you said. Like you, you got some good points. However, I I've got to go in with. It. The reason why I'm going in is because it's been leaked. It's already been leaked in reports. I mean, you know, the the reports aren't maybe as credible as the ones that you know we could say that aren't going to have her at SummerSlam. But they've been having some talks here lately with the wrestling posts and stuff like that that she's coming back at SummerSlam. Plus. We really need some help in the women's division with Charlotte Flair out, with potentially riding Ronda out as 
furthering her injury that what she's had because she hurt the knee or whatnot the last pay-per-view um with sasha and naomi out like you said like we either need to see them coming back and be part of the bloodline or something and bring them back as heels or we need to see like bailey or somebody else come back to where we actually have some help within this women's division it's it's floundering a little bit here on smackdown live if you're going to build her up and actually make her a credible contender even if she loses the championship in a in a strong way because even um Becky Lynch, when she lost, lost the title in a strong way. Like they didn't like take it off her and make her look like a weak champion or anything, but they need to do the same thing when Bianca Belair actually eventually loses the championship too, which is what uh, Wally and I talked about, you know, a couple episodes ago as well. So um, if they do this right, they could build live up to where she is more of more. So the upper tier um, of the, of the card and not some mid Carter in the women's division. Because she's got talent, she's got appeal that I don't want to say in in the words I'm thinking about, you know. But I just want to say she's got appeal right there. But you know, I feel like she would do great for the division if you keep her going. So that's why I've I've got to go with the way I'm going, and I gotta disagree there. I mean, I think that you know, they this could be a if you really think about it, Drew. This could be a repeat of last year when Becky came back and squashed Bianca. <laughs> But the difference, uh, is, the difference is because, and, and the reason why I say that is because if Ronda really is hurt, if she's really going to go through the match, okay, that could, could be a late, like breaking news type thing or whatever like that. That's number hey, Cody set the bar. Sorry to cut you off, but Cody set the bar with that torn peck. Well, you know, he's just a different type of beast. I, uh, I don't know. That was wild. He, he's different. I, he's not human. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You could kind of set it up the same way you did last year with um with them. And, and this is just me speaking out loud. This is not what I want to happen, but this is just me thinking through things. Like if if Bailey does come back and surprises Liv, you know, and takes the title off of her at SummerSlam the same way that uh uh Becky did that to Bianca last year, it's gonna have more of a detrimental effect to Liv Morgan than Bianca because Bianca has already been shown as a championship contender. She had already won at WrestleMania, had already won the Royal Rumble. This is the first, like, real, like, heavy thing that Liv has won with the money in the bank in the championship in the same night. And to disagree with you, if she if she loses at SummerSlam, she goes back to the Gulags. There is no she's a, she's a championship contender. Oh, no, 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 no. She goes back to the Gulags. And just be a relevant character on WWE um, programming. That's it. Gender, the gender Mahal, the women's division, where he had that short little run, and he did it to to appeal to a certain market or whatnot, you know. You and know now, and now they're 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 trying to do that with Liv Morgan because there've been she's been screwed over so many times over the past couple of years. There's been so many times where we were like, "Yeah, Liv's gonna get her moment." No, they screw her over. And this was a time at summer where they needed to actually give her a moment where she had it at Money in the Bank. And she's going into SummerSlam as the champ to have her big moment. This is her big payday. I guess nowadays they don't have pay-per-views anymore. It's all just live events on Peacock. <laughs> but it's still, in my opinion, it's still a pay-per-view. So I'm still going to yeah. tune in and be, be ready to watch this. But I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that she wins. And I hope she keeps it and it builds her up towards like what Wally was saying earlier for Survivor Series or potentially Royal Rumble, you know, and build it up towards the end of the year. But I just don't have faith in the writing team and the way things have been going up in the upper management tier that we're going to get to in this next comment. And yes, we com we covered that in episode 13, which is wild. That was 49 days ago. Do you think now, well, you know, going back to that, do you think there's still a potential that he comes back? 
to yeah, SummerSlam? I think the I, I think it's no secret that the videos are about Edge. So we're we're automatically thinking about Edge, but I think there's a swerve with it. And uh, one thing I did notice too, real quick, is that Bray has a tattoo on his left hand. They purposely mm-hmm. showed the right hand when they did the video, so it still could be Wyatt Six Wyndham, whatever he wants to call himself, still could be him. So, and when you look at the when he shoot the finger and did the blood, it looks like an L. It doesn't look like a straight line or anything like that. It looks like an L. So, I don't know. It, it's a it's a great you know way of swerving people around. He's not saying too much per usual. So, we'll see. My man, my man. Well, we've gone through four rounds, a bonus round, and we only have one round left, and that is the final round. Final round. Corey, we have an explosive one for the final round. Vince McMahon's recent news of infidelities will lead to broken partnerships with major corporations and potentially a sale of personal stock within WWE. How do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this? Personally, I mean, but me thinking with the business savvy, I'm out. Time and time again, we've seen these... uh, Corrupt politicians, corrupt billionaires, corrupt CEOs, etc., get themselves out of these type of situations time and time and time again. And the thing that's going to, um, you know, hang him or let him walk away free is the fact that he did pay them that much money. They did find uh, sign a NDA, and you know, it, it's. I mean, that's technically a document that he can show legally. That's like, hey, I. I this is what I did. Yeah, I admit to the actions that took place. He probably will never admit it in public, um, like hear it from his voice. Um, but he said that he's basically saying that he saved grace. And then this the the arrogance um, after, you know, all those reports came out to come out on TV, not say a word or say welcome to SmackDown or whatever. And to come out and introduce John Cena like we don't know who John Cena is. We didn't need him to introduce John Cena. We could have Michael Cole do that or something. You know, Vince is, um, for lack of better terms, a, a arrogant SOB who deserves whatever he gets after, you know, life is over. He needs to step aside and allow other people to run WWE now. He has been very selfish, hasn't passed. He's almost 80 years old. Like, what the hell are you doing at running a company like this at, at 80 years old when you've got kids who are more than capable of doing it, especially a daughter with a a wrestler who was wrestling under you for so long and knows the business and has shown success for a substantial amount of years that he can run it. So it's, it's just, it's me personally, I I wish it would happen to where he would just go away, enjoy the rest of his life, enjoy his money, enjoy his hard labor. You know, wrestling would never be the same, um, you know, with or without Vince McMahon. It, It was, it was needed. Um, what he brought to the table changed the game of wrestling forever, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it forever. And I'm grateful for that. But, um, you know, he he's done some stuff that I, I think is kind of um, unforgivable. And then the um, arrogance after the fact. Yeah, it, it really made me kind of walk away from like, OK, dude, like I'm I'm, I'm a forgiving person. 
and and don't get me wrong, like I, I'm not a person that holds grudges or whatever like that. I just won't deal with you no more. But in the same token, it's like, nah, man, you you really don't care. You did what you did, and you don't care. And um, it, it's time for Vince to move on, dude. And if this ain't it, I I don't know what the hell it is besides death. So you're absolutely right. I I agree with this too. And and uh, like part of me wants to go in, but the other part of me that that wants to make sense of this is going to go out and agree with what you're saying because he owns eighty percent of WWE. So that's why I got to grow out. And with that, we've unlocked one more installment of Hell Now. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no. That's right. We both think that we're going. We're both going out on this, so we have to be hell gnawing it up. That's when that we we always unlock it up when that happens because we're on the final round one more time. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no. And that's right. Vince McMahon owns 80% of WWE, so he controls all the voting power, or at least 80% of it. Do you really think he's going to vote himself out of it? No. He might lose some partnerships, yes. Um, he has a lot of partnerships with like NBC Universal for Peacock, you know, with USA and Fox and stuff like that for streaming the live events as well as the past content on Peacock. So he does have a lot of options there that could potentially be floundering a little bit. But this is Vince McMahon here that we're talking about, a guy who's been huge to professional wrestling for the past 40 years now. It's been almost 40 years since he bought the company from his, his, from his late father and has turned it into the powerhouse that he's turned into today. Um, but there is one stat that I'd like to bring up that uh, Jim Cornette brought up uh, in one of his episodes here recently. I have to bring up Vince McMahon has to pay $12 million in hush money to four different females over the course of the past, like 15 years. I think it was that they had, that he had said, if you break it down and Jim and Jim Cornette had asked like some type of escort, like on just average, like what it would cost on like the higher end, the classier end of the escort service, it would be $3 million would get you eight years worth of service. So if you were to factor that into the $12 million that he spent, he could have had 32 years worth of services that were hushed didn't have to have ndas didn't have to worry about this coming back on them like you know him and trump and the other ones that we can go into a long spiel about whether political or non-political but the point is is that he could have been smarter with his money and still spent the same amount of money and had less blowback no blowback at all still be the CEO chairman of his company at nearly 80 years old, but instead for a publicity stunt is stepping down. So that way his daughter can take the reins also probably lets him see from a distance how she would do when he does eventually decide to step down and enjoy his retirement. Like you said, he's probably going to do what you would, you would like him to do and he may do, but, most people, when you retire, unless you stay active, whether it's arts and crafts or getting out and doing things, the one thing that people are afraid of when they retire is just giving up. Because once you stop staying active, people start going downhill at the older age. I've Ooh. seen it with the different types of jobs I've worked at in retail and, and also working in the field services of, of seeing older people. So when they retire and they get, give up and they don't stay active and get out of the house and move around – 
they, they give up and, and eventually like within the next year or two, they, they pass away. Unfortunately, it's just statistically proven. So Vince wants to stay active because the longer he stays active, the longer he stays alive and the more that he can make an impact in professional wrestling, the more of a legacy he leaves behind. And as somebody who works for legacy maker sports network, I got to give the prop in there to leaving a legacy. So we are both out in the fact that, this isn't going to kick him out of spot. That's why he's still head of creative and is still working within the company while he put himself on suspension. So Ooh. when you put all that into equation, this man ain't going nowhere. Like he may lose some, some potential um, deals, but he ain't going nowhere. He's not, he's not going anywhere until either he croaks or he decides he wants to leave. Nobody's taking him out of, out of the spot. Well, I'll tell you one thing that will change everything is if, if all the women and all the men, not just the women, all prominent men, somebody like Roman or uh, AJ or somebody like that in prominent roles, stop giving services to WWE until something happens. That is the only way that it's going to be forced. Um, other than that, he's just going to be like, well, whatever, F it. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and keep on strolling through, strutting all through like nothing even happened. And as his family, like I understand that you love him. He's your dad, uncle, you know, grandfather, whoever. But in the same token, people still need to be held accountable, regardless of what position you're in or what kind of person you are. He needs to be accountable for the crap that he did. And if I was them, if I was them in WWE, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I know it ain't none of my business, but if it had to do with somebody, maybe I worked beside for years, and maybe we became good friends, and I find out it was them. Hell no. Okay, we can all walk out. And if they all walk out, what is he gonna do then? There is no conglomerate. Speaking of crap, Vince McMahon is probably thinking, well, if he didn't have to wear the pants and he's not crapping his pants, why should he have to retire? Why should he have to step down? So if he didn't have to wear diapers, why the hell does he need to step down? That's, that's his mindset. But we, we've covered this well throughout all six topics of the show. We have quite a few comments to go through for the very final acknowledgement of our fans' comments. Let's take this into the mayhem culmination one last time. <laughs> And with the mayhem culmination, just like in the middle of the show, at the end, we acknowledge the comments from the fans. So if you have one last thing to get off your chest, go ahead and get it out now before we finish up with the mayhem culmination. And here with these comments, we have, wow, okay. Wow, we really do have some interesting comments. So it looks like the chosen one has acknowledged who he is. I've never worked for Walmart or the company itself, but you guys have, so you know this guy, potentially, his name is Patrick from Walmart. So we're one step closer to figuring out who this is. I don't know <laughs> who you are, but neither do these guys probably, but at least we know your first name, Patrick from Walmart. Thank you for distinguishing who you are, the chosen one. We've got a first name to go behind the moniker. <laughs> Rick says Nick Chubb speaking about the number 24 because we went right into the, the by the number segment when we uh, finished the comments last time Nick Chubb is his vote for the best of 24 you gotta be a Browns fan Rick yeah, actually Facebook Facebook yeah this is one of our legacy maker friends on Facebook Nick I mean Rick is a is a Cleveland Browns homer that's why he says Nick Chubb Rick, uh, as, a, as a fan of football and for your team, maybe the best to ever wear 24 for Cleveland because you guys don't have as of a 
historic um, or as a lengthy history as most teams to wear that number. I can't think of any other guy that would ward 24 in the Cleveland Browns history that would have made that big of an impact. So maybe for Cleveland Browns all time. Yes, but not for all time in sports. I'm sorry, buddy. We can't go with, with that. And for that, we we have to go with this. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no. And honestly, buddy, I, I don't want to do this to you, but we have to. Come on, bro. Really put this in perspective. Nick Chubb is the best to wear 24 of all time. Wake up, Rick. Wake the mother father up, Rick. And yes, I said mother father because I'm trying to edit myself here on my show. The Legacy Maker Sports Network's own the inner out sports debate. But come on, Rick. Are you mother fathering serious? You want to say that the number 24 best of all time is Nick Chubb in all of sports. I was nice at first. But come on, man. Of all sport, Nick, Rick, Nick, no, sorry, man, can't do it, Corey. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna give you, I'll give you a little something that Wally and I have made famous off undisputed. The walk away. Cause ain't no way he thinks <laughs> that Nick Chubb is the best ever to wear twenty four. Next, like no way. Mm. I got one more thing for you. I'll bring out this prop for you real quick, Drew. Okay. You might have seen this. Put that in there. Put it in there. <laughs> Put it in there. For that, I gotta do this one more time. Rick, I'm sorry, and I hope that doesn't entice you to not comment anymore because I, I love the comments, and I love to keep things entertaining. So take that in a, a fun, loving way that we're just trying to have some fun up here at the end of the episode. But no, we, we cannot agree with you at, on that one. Nick Chubb is not the greatest to wear 24. Wally comments with a heart and a snake emoji. Mamba. Okay, Mamba. Okay, I get it. I didn't really understand it at first, but thank you for dissecting that. That that must mean that the four years youth of, that you got over me helps you out over because I did not pick up what you throwing down there. Sorry, Wally. Thanks, guys, for helping me stay relevant. With this one, the chosen one. Oh, my bad. Patrick comments with Griffey Jr. is the best to ever wear 24. Come on now. Now, you know what? I, I, will, I will at least take it easier on you than I did on Rick, okay? Because Griffey was great for baseball, especially in the mm -hmm. 90s. The 90s, he was hot, okay? Um, the 90s was definitely his time because once he got to the 2000s, he was playing for the Reds. He kind of started going down because he got comfortable with that big contract he made and didn't put work into the weight room is what it looked like. Is what he, he, got, he got complacent, and that's just my overall perspective view of that. But I would say he's at least higher on the list than Nick Chubb is. He's not the number one, so I can't give it to him. I can, you know, that's why I, I agree with Corey. I didn't give Corey as much of a, of a hard time because I would at least have Kobe at two or three on my list, potentially probably two if I were to really think about it. But Griffey Jr. is probably up there in the top 10, but Nick Chubb is definitely not anywhere close to probably my top 20 to ever wear that number. So I am so sorry. But the chosen one, for once, I actually give you a break for this, Patrick. 
Josh comments back on this and says, why do you think baseball has not grown like football and basketball? Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, baseball has this, like, it's not really as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not really as like, like basketball, football could be like, if somebody comes down and make a major hit, you're going to hit a whole crowd. Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to take like a crazy catch or like a home run or something like that. That's going to make the crowd really get into it. I don't think baseball um, really connects with all of the fans in a way, especially the way football does. Basketball is kind of starting to get there, but mm-hmm. especially internationally, but the way football is right now, um, baseball has to figure out a way to get to the younger uh, fan base. Absolutely. I agree with you on that as well. Josh fires back with Braun is better, disagrees with our take on that Kobe is better than LeBron. He thinks that Braun is better than Kobe. With that, we definitely got to get and to, to wrap things up, it looks like uh, the Chosen One says it's been leaked that Bailey is coming back at SummerSlam, so he agrees with what I'm saying. He said Drew is right. Bailey is coming back, so he, he thinks that's potentially going to happen in the dirt sheets. We see that, and that potentially could happen, but we still got a little bit more time before now in SummerSlam to actually have them make the last decisions on who's actually going to be the surprise you know, participant because – or, or a surprise appearance because there is always just like whether it's WrestleMania or Royal Rumble at the all the big pay-per-view events, there is a big return. And it, it just really looks like it's going to be Bailey that comes back or Bray Wyatt, like we talked about in previous episodes. From or both. Or both, yeah, because they need it. They really need it because they need contention for the uh, the WWE championship, for the SmackDown championship. I mean, we need contention all around. So it looks like Wally says if people don't feel bad for Liv, they don't feel bad for Sasha having short reigns. Man, he's got a hell of a point on that. I you know what? Just that's all I could do on that. He's mm-hmm. got a hell of a point on that. I have nothing to say about that. Hats off to you, brother. Appreciate that, Wally. Patrick firing up for the next few comments saying Vinny Mac will fry. Comes back with they need to make an example of him. You guys are spot on with this final topic. He was agreeing with what we had to say with Vinny Mac and then said there towards the end before we went to the comments, he said, great job. So thank you again there, Patrick, for commenting through the show. We appreciate the love there. Wally says, Stephanie McMahon is an uncrowded genie, is an uncrowned genie bus. Okay. The Disney clip is abrasive. He said that about the hell yeah clip, the hell not clip, clip from last week. I love you, Wally, man. I'm looking forward to the next time we get up. That was definitely, you definitely right on with that. Rick says baseball because of the strikes and labor debates. Hmm. Good point, Rick. I, I, mm-hmm. I might take a little bit of, uh, less of my abrasiveness off from us talking about Nick Chubb. And lastly, Josh comes with, I think old heads not letting baseball grow. I just think it's not reaching the younger fans. They, it's just like, you know, um, I hate to go this route, but it's like politics nowadays. You got 70, 80-year-olds trying to run a damn country who doesn't even understand the damn country. They still going off a of base of what happened when they were younger. And that is the problem. You know, society can't get together until you got people who can understand both <laughs> sets of generations, the older ones, the younger ones, and the ones that's coming up. You know, 
it'll never change. It's the same thing with baseball. Until they change their mindset on how they approach it, how the game is taught, um, where the game is at. Because, I mean, it's international. So, like, what's, what's the missing piece? It's young people. Until people actually start studying history and becoming historians and actually looking at the past and understanding it, we're not going to get better as a whole. Because you really need to understand the past to move forward in the future. Amen, so, but bro. with that, we appreciate the comments throughout this episode, guys. We're going to move on to the final word. Corey, out of everything we've discussed in this episode, is there anything that you want to get off your chest that we've discussed in the first six rounds that you may have forgotten to go over or just something you want to touch up or just anything in sports in general? Um, I, I, I think that um, uh, to get back on the Vinnie Mac situation, I, I'm with Patrick. I really, really just deep down, and I don't prey on people's downfalls. Like I, I really don't care about what the next person has going on unless you're in my circle. You know what I mean? And, and I root for people. I'm in a position of leadership where I have to help people be the better version of themselves, et cetera. And when I do that, I get to know people on a more personal level and, you know, they put their trust in me. And it seems as if over the years, Vince has taken that trust that people have put in him and taken advantage of it for his own gain. And people that do that type of stuff don't deserve what they have. It's amazing how <laughs> folks like yourself, Drew and me and others who put amazing time into things like this, the inner out sports debate, and we're trying to break through to get to mainstream and everything else. And you got somebody, a knucklehead like Vince, who just don't understand how things work that just don't, or excuse me, doesn't care about how things work. So I really do hope that um, Patrick's comment comes true. I hope they make an example out of him. The thing that comes to my mind is Donald Sterling, you know, that whole situation with him and the Clippers that was brought to light and Adam Silver stood up and eviscerated that man on TV and say, you know what, you will not be an owner for us anymore and did what he had to do to make sure that he wasn't there anymore. I don't care what they have to do. Vince has to be out of the equation, period. No, you're right. You're right with that. What? Before I get into my final word, I'm going to ask you a question and see if you can touch up on this and, and give us a little bit of your opinion on this first before I go into my final word. How much more time do you think until we see Vince gone from WWE power and in, in, in decision making in general? How? What's your timetable on that before I give my final word? Take, give us a minute. Depending on what happens with this, if more things come out that are more recent, I mean, I know, like, I believe it was 2018 when he was paying them up until. Um, so that's pretty recent. Um, but if there's more things that come out and it comes out with more current stars, then he is, it's no way that he survives this. No way whatsoever. I don't care if he owns 80%. Things can happen legally to force him out of that role. Now, my personal opinion is that, uh, or my professional thoughts is that nothing will happen. He'll stay in this role and he probably is going to do it until he's like 85, 90. <laughs> He can't physically get in the ring no more or take a stunner like he did at WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, what he did at WrestleMania was pretty impressive for his age, though. 76 years old to, be able to go up there and take uh, stunners like he did. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking about in the previous episode, we got Ric Flair coming up, too. How are your nerves coming up before I give one last take of my final word? How are your nerves coming up with, with Ric Flair? Are you still feeling the same way about that? I, my mind hasn't changed at all. That that man is <laughs> – I mean, he's so desperate for money because he was just completely irresponsible with it that he 
will do anything to, to get it. And it's, it's sad. I just hope that, you know, it doesn't turn into something more. I really mm-hmm. don't hope it's out of here unscathed. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. We'll, we'll see. It's got to at least be better than his TNA ending though. It's got at least <laughs> in the big, cause that, that was just a horrible run. But with my final word, I want to shift into basketball and go back into a topic that I've covered a few times throughout the inner out sports debate throughout the resurgence of our episodes in the past few months. And that's the Brittany Griner situation. Uh, she hasn't been quite sentenced yet. She's looking at 10 to 15 years, potentially in Russia for what she did, uh, bringing um, what looks like a controlled substance, not just marijuana, but it was an actual control substance of the actual vape cartridges that are you know, concentrated, which is a completely different situation here in America, as well as in Russia. And, you know, some people are going to be probably upset with my take and what my take has been. But I actually feel like, you know, when you sign a contract, just like anywhere in the United States, laws are different per state. Laws are different per country. You should know what you're signing up for when you go into these different countries. Just, you know, she's upset because LeBron might be making $40 million a year to play basketball in the U.S., and the WNBA doesn't make as much to play in the U.S. as the NBA does to where they have to play overseas during the offseason to make money. We understand that. However, you should understand the laws before you sign your name to a contract. You're the one who made the decision to play in Russia for that league. You're the one who should have known the laws before you went into that to that country. And if you can't go that short period of time with now that season being over and you're now into the WNBA season and you're not here, it was a selfish move that you signed that contract to not even be able to hold yourself out from being able to do that substance for one. But for two, if you can't respect the laws to where you're at, then don't sign the contract. Go work at a grocery store in your offseason or something or with with you at Sam's Club or somewhere else. You could work somewhere else and get some, you know, get some help somewhere else in the, in the money if you have to during the offseason. And, and you can still smoke the lettuce or the concentrated stuff all you want to and heal up because some people actually need it. But in Russia, the laws aren't the same as here in America. So you can't do that. And for that, I have no remorse for you because – in today's society where we can just look at things at, the, at our fingertips and get answers in Google or whatever, you should know better than to what you did and to get yourself caught. If you're going to break the law, be smarter about it, at least back here in the country. That's, that's just the best advice I can give you, give for you. And that's what I have to go with for my final word. But with, with that take, we actually, for the second time, Corey is one of the few we can say now for the second time, he is a vault of fame inductee Corey is now a two-time vault of fame inductee here on the inner out sports debate he joins at episode 24 he was here at episode 13 but now here at episode 24 for the inner out sports debate Corey, how do you feel about that i feel great man you know this is like i was telling you um weeks ago months ago you know it this is a great concept man it's something different um you know it it, it takes that you know First take undisputed type of thing merges in and turns into something to something completely different. I love the concept, man, and it, it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for coming back again. Uh, also, to you guys who are who are here, you can check this out right here. You can find us on Facebook at the Inner Out Sports Debate, as well as the Legacy Maker Sports Network page on Instagram at Inner Out Sports Debate, as well as at Legacy Maker Sports at TikTok at Inner Out Sports Debate underscore SD on Twitter at Inner at Inner Out underscore SD as well, and on Twitch at just Inner Out Sports Debate. You can see us now live. 
currently streaming on those five different platforms. Well, four, the one I didn't say was LinkedIn as well. You can find us on LinkedIn, but they're on Legacy Maker Sports Network's LinkedIn page. So, guys, we have two more comments we'll go ahead and acknowledge before we get out of here. Rick says, father-daughter tag team and Flares versus Johnson. So he didn't even come back. He, we shut him down with that number 24 comment. That was even <laughs> after we acknowledged that. So, Rick, I am so sorry. But one last time when it comes to Nick Chubb. <laughs> Guys, I've had a blast with my guy, Corey Mann, here for episode 24. We are here live on the Legacy Maker Sports Network for Corey Mann. I'm D. Willie Drew Willingham. Let's check out one last badass outro. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.